We interrupt Greeny on ESPN to break you some breaking news from the world of baseball. Trade deadline strikes at 5 o'clock on August the 2nd. The Brewers are sending Josh Hader to the San Diego Padres. Breaking news here in the world of Major League Baseball involving the most dominant closer in Brewers history. He will now become a member of the Padres organization. Welcome in. It's coverage of Milwaukee Brewers baseball, all things trade deadline. My name is Greg Matzik. Bridging the gap here from Greeny to Homer will be in about 2 o'clock this afternoon. David Stearns always has something up his sleeve, and the moves he typically makes end up working out for the Brewers. By my count, 15 deals have been done at or near the trade deadline since the Brewers have become contenders. And for the majority of those moves, you'd have to give a B grade or better. If you think about the likes of Mike Moustakis, Joaquin Soria, and others, Drew Pomeranz, even Jordan Lyles contributed, Gino Gonzalez, Neil Walker, if you want to go back several years. Moves that David Stearns makes typically work out. This, however, will be the most polarizing of moves he made. This is a big deal. Josh Hader going to the San Diego Padres. Now, it's no secret, Josh Hader has been dealing with some stuff over the last month or so. He went from unhittable to unbelievably bad in a very short amount of time. Now, it looked like he was going to recover in his last couple of outings, but still, you're talking about a player who went from an ERA that was just microscopic to 12.54 in the month of July. If you consider what Devin Williams has done as the Brewers' setup man in the eighth inning, you understand perhaps why Josh Hader became available. I would love to get your calls here if you'd like to chime in here as well. 800-990-3776. Taking your immediate reaction. I'll go through the players coming back to Milwaukee in just a moment, but just want to take a pulse check on where you are as a Brewers fan. The most dominant closer in Brewers history is on his way out. There was a time in my life where I thought the only way the Brewers will trade Josh Hader is when they're no longer concerned about winning. But perhaps because he is destined for free agency following the 2023 season, now was the right time to move him. 800-990-3776 if you'd like to join in. Again, 800-990-3776. If you're just joining us right now, Jeff Passan, MLB Insider for ESPN, is reporting that Josh Hader is being sent to the San Diego Padres. The return is significant. Left-handed closer Taylor Rogers comes to Milwaukee. That is significant because he has closer's experience and is effective. Lefty pitching prospect Robert Gasser also comes back to Milwaukee. Outfielder Estruri Ruiz and right-handed pitcher Daniellison Lament. So a mix of of talent that's ready to rock from day one and some talent that'll come through the Brewers' pipeline returns to Milwaukee. One pitcher goes to San Diego, and it looks like three pitchers and an outfielder will come back to Milwaukee, including Taylor Rogers, who is currently the Padres' closer. It's a very interesting move, and one that I must be candid about. I did not see it coming. As uh, we're looking at Josh Hader and, and just what happened in the month of July, there was a few things he had to take into consideration. And I think he's deserved a pass over time, just given how dominant he's been, the strikeout-to-walk ratio, the, tra- uh, the uh, all-star appearances, what he has meant to this team to become a, a World Series contending ball club. But then it all started to fall apart in the month of July. He also welcomed in his first child. We know there were some complications with the pregnancy. He left the team for a bit of time earlier this season because, well, the family needed him. 
And he didn't participate in the All-Star break, choosing instead to spend time at home with his newborn. So there were things that perhaps affected his ability to pitch on the mound. I I think Josh would put that aside and say, look, I was out there to perform, and I didn't perform. He's very matter-of-fact about things uh, and takes ownership of his mistakes. But we know that in the month of July, the dynamic in the family household was different, much different. And did that affect Josh Hader? I don't know. Was he sleeping right? I don't know. It would only be speculation, but it's hard to look at one life-changing event, marry it up with the results on the field, and see shortcomings, and, 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 and not try and have A conclude B. 800-990-3776 if you'd like to join us. 800-990-3776. We are efforting Jeff Passan to join us on the program. I have reached out to Josh Hader myself. I don't know that he's even available to say anything at this point as the trade is being reported by Jeff Paston. Certainly nothing official. Uh, and over the years, I developed a great relationship with Josh Hader. So I, I'm, I'm hopefully he's able to return our call, and we'll see and uh, keep you updated on that. I've also reached out to John Heyman, who yesterday reported that teams were inquiring about Josh Hader. Teams were starting to call. They recognized that Hader wasn't his total self in the month of July, and Williams was unbelievable, and still is, as a matter of fact. And maybe, just maybe, the Brewers would part with the most dominant closer in franchise history. But it wasn't clear at that point if Hader was even available, and certainly nothing David Stearns would even talk about. But apparently he was, and Josh Hader will be a member of the San Diego Padres. Flounder joins us in Newburgh. You're on ESPN in Milwaukee. Welcome to the program. Thanks. Um, I'm actually excited about the trade. Um, I'm going to miss Hader. I love Hader and and the strikeouts and just how he, like you said, he's dominant. However, you got Williams sitting there, and you're getting something that you can use yet this year. So, you know, four different players, maybe not all of them are going to be on the major league roster right away, but um, as far as being, you know, the 20, whatever, the 25, 26 uh, um, active. But I think it's it's a good trade. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, Lamette, or I may be butchering his name, but he was one of the top prospects. And to get him, even if he hasn't, you know, pitched great, I would rather see that. Um, and also getting another outfielder, I think, is big. Yeah, Flounder, I'm bringing up the Padres prospect list, and I'll get to that coming up in uh, just a moment. We'll see where some of these guys, uh, you know, figure in on the top 30 prospect list. I, I think your point about Taylor Rogers is is spot on. You're talking about a guy that has 28 saves this year. I mean, that's not insignificant. Yep. He has been called upon to finish 35 games for San Diego. That's a good team. They need a good back end closer, and he is certainly one of them. I, that's. That's the kind of thing yeah. that maybe makes you a it, it, it allows you to stomach it a little bit because now you have multiple players with closing experience, which is no different than what you had yesterday. Yeah, and I, I think the biggest thing, salary. What was Hater going to command when he became a free agent, or to keep him in Milwaukee? And that would have been pretty high for Milwaukee. They they don't have a great track record of. Um, giving pitchers long-term contracts. We'll see what what happens with Peralta and Ashby, but um, a lot of the free agents they picked up, they were disasters. And, you know, unless you can keep doing one-year contracts, which means that they're not, that that one year is guaranteed, but 
if you do a three-year contract in baseball, all three years are guaranteed. So it becomes a different dynamic. Um, I wish Hader well. I, I've loved watching him. Um, but, you know, it's like anything else. Yeah, I, I think it just we got to move on because we won't be able to afford him in a few years. And we got a closer back and an outfielder. So. Flounder, I appreciate the phone call. Good perspective. Here's some of the uh, the contract breakdown here. So Josh Hader is essentially on a one-year deal, right? He's in that arbitration period, which it, it never seems to end in Major League Baseball. It's just kind of how the system works. Being paid $11 million this year, you figure that number is going to go up a little bit next year in his final arbitration eligible season. So and let's say that bumps up to $14 million. Okay. Then he becomes an unrestricted free agent, and you figure that asking price is going to go up. It'll be a multi-year deal for Hader. It might be the final deal in his career. In the case of Taylor Rogers, you know I, the salaries are are different this year, and that uh, Taylor Rogers is a little over seven million. Hader is at eleven. You know the one thing about Rogers is that it, is it a rental, right? I mean, he, he becomes an unrestricted free agent following this season, and he'll also be coming thirty-two years old, so a little older than Josh Hader. But nonetheless, it gives you somebody with back-end closing experience. It's possible they could move Devin Williams to the ninth. I'm not sure if they need to, to be honest with you. Taylor Rogers can close out a game. Brad Boxberger can close out a game. And Taylor Rogers can close out a game. They, they've got multiple athletes who can close out a game. And that's the thing, if you want to go back to Doug Melvin's tenure as GM, it was critical for Doug to always have multiple players with closing experience. Doug Melvin had it. David Stearns has always had it, and that does not change with the trade of Josh Hader. It continues with a different name in Taylor Rogers, who will be a free agent after the 2022 season. 800-990-3776. A lot of phone calls trickling in, and the, the response on social media is brisk and swift, as you might expect. We have reached out to Jeff Passan, MLB insider for ESPN. I've got a note out to Josh Hader as well. I don't know if they can say anything about it. It's not official yet per the transaction wire. Uh, the news being floated on Twitter through passing a very reliable source of information. We'll have more on the breaking news involving the Milwaukee Brewers. Josh Hader traded to the San Diego Padres. We'll do a deeper dive on the haul. What is coming back to the Milwaukee Brewers? And take your thoughts here on ESPN Milwaukee. The 0-2 pitch. Swing and a miss. He struck him out. Fastball at 99. And it's a 1-2-3. Strikeout the side inning for Josh Hader in the bottom of the ninth. Well, the Josh Hader era in Milwaukee appears to be over. Jeff Passett, MLB insider for ESPN, reporting the Brewers are sending the most dominant closer in franchise history to the San Diego Padres in exchange for four players. Now, coming back to Milwaukee, our Padres closer, Taylor Rogers, who was also a lefty, has 29 saves this season. He gets inserted into that number eight inning spot or number nine inning spot, uh, perhaps replacing Hayter. Maybe a move Devin Williams. Regardless, Craig Council has options at the back end of his bullpen once again. And then I, another pitcher who has not had a great season, but has had bright moments in recent years, and uh, he is with the club right now, Diddleson Lamette. Uh, perhaps the prize piece of the entire puzzle, if you consider that Rodgers will be a free agent following this season, is Isturi Ruiz. Now, he's getting his feet wet in the major leagues. 
he's not off to a great start, but he is hitting three thirty at the AAA level before being called up earlier this season. Uh, if he combine his stats with AA, he's got 60 stolen bases this season. He is a threat on the base pass, and he is putting it together at the plate, and he's still very young at the age of 23. He does have some time with the Padres this season, just 14 games. He's kind of bounced back and forth. But this becomes a player who starts to you know, knock on the door of replacing existing talent in the Brewers roster. Let's see, he hit 344 at double A before being moved up to triple A, where he hit 315. And again, 60 combined stolen bases. So, very impressive minor league season. Uh, and, and by the way, he started at double A, moved to triple A so rapidly because of his stats, and then ultimately broke into the major leagues, maybe a little ahead of schedule. Uh, but nonetheless, a prize piece from the farm system of the San Diego Padres, a talent rich organization. We'll get more on who is coming back to Milwaukee from John Schaefer. He hosts a program out in San Diego, fluent all things Padres. We'll get a little update from him on who Milwaukee is getting in return. If you'd like to weigh in, we'd love to hear from you at 800-990-3776. Again, 800-990-3776. If you're expecting to hear Greeny at this time, no, we thought it was important to break in. And let you know what's going on here in advance of the trade deadline as Josh Hader sent to San Diego in exchange for four players. The Hader era is over in Milwaukee. Well, I, I can't help but think back to the day Josh Hader became a Milwaukee Brewer. I, this was not that long ago. Do, do you remember the circumstances that led to Josh Hader becoming a Brewer? Uh, this was a very strange night in Brewers history. I recall I was doing a program on WTMJ at the time, and the trade winds were swirling. And it appeared Carlos Gomez was going to be sent to the New York Mets in exchange for, if I remember right, it was Zach Wheeler and Wilmer Flores. And I, the Brewers were on a team plane flying home. The news broke. Gomez found out while he was on the plane. Meanwhile, the Mets were playing, and Wilmer Flores was seen on the field at City Stadium. With tears in his eyes, he thought he'd just been let go. The word was starting to circulate. And then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, the trade was called off. The Mets put up their hand and said, no, we're not going to do this, and uh, moved in a different direction. So, all right, well, that became a very awkward situation in Milwaukee. Well, what do you do with Carlos Gomez now? Well, Carlos Gomez and Mike Fires were sent to the Houston Astros. And if you recall, it was Domingo Santana. Brett Phillips, who was the highest-rated prospect out of the group, Adrian Hauser, and Josh Hader. Those four came back to Milwaukee. Santana made an immediate impact. Phillips had an impact on the team before being dealt, was certainly an entertaining guy. And then Josh Hader, the big question was, is he a starter? Is he a reliever? He was pitching at AAA. He was starting games at AAA, but he was only lasting two and a third innings, maybe three at the most. And it became very clear that he had back into the bullpen in his makeup and was ultimately brought to the Brewers, Adrian Hauser, the last of that group, to reach the big league club. But that's how it went down several years ago. A four-player return for Carlos Gomez and Mike Fires. I think you could argue the Brewers got the better end of that entire deal. Let's grab Mike in Milwaukee on ESPN. Milwaukee, Mike, welcome to the program. Yeah, well, you know, once again, Milwaukee baseball fans are stuck at the bottom of the line, praying for a miracle that all the stars aligned for a small market team to make the playoffs and get to the World Series. It's disgusting to see that we have an owner whose team is now worth over a billion dollars, 
not willing to spend money. And the biggest thing in all of this was when Bud Seelig was the commissioner of baseball, he knew the struggles of a small market team more than Bud did, and Bud did nothing to improve the standings of small market teams. It's disgusting. We got we got to pray and hope every year that all the stars align and that everybody performs at the top of their abilities to try and make the playoffs and hopefully get to the World Series because we're not spending money to acquire talent. It just makes being a Milwaukee Brewers baseball fan of exercise in total futility all the time. Wait, Mike, do you think this is the only move that David Stearns will make? Yeah. I don't. Yeah, and then next, and then next year we'll, we'll lose Burns, and we'll lose the other top of our pitching staff because we're going to be too cheap to pay them. And in this miracle move, what what do we get? We get another left-handed reliever, and you get a, a prospect that you hope develops into a star player. So 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 we're 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 playing again on the wing of prayer because we're too cheap to spend money. Uh, the trade deadline is not till five o'clock tomorrow, Mike. Appreciate your phone call. I'm sad to see Josh Hader go. I'm thankful there's a closer coming back who has been dominant at times this season. That helps a little bit. Prospects are just that. And I'm with you, Mike, on that. Prospects are suspect until they prove themselves. I would refer you to David Stern's track record at the trade deadline. Count how many players have not worked out, how many disaster deals were done. It is a very small number, given how many deals have been made. We'll go out to San Diego coming up on the other side. John Schaefer will join us. Who is exactly coming back to Milwaukee? And will they fare into how the Brewers finish out the rest of this season? That and more coming up in special Brewers trade deadline edition of programming here on ESPN Milwaukee. Welcome back in. Greg Matzik with you on ESPN Milwaukee. A little over 24 hours to go until Major League Baseball's trade deadline, and the Brewers have executed a deal, or are in the process of executing, Josh Hader being sent to the San Diego Padres. The return appears to be significant. Left-handed closer Taylor Rogers comes back to Milwaukee, 29 saves this season. Lefty pitching prospect Robert Gasser, currently number 7 on the Padres' prospect list. Outfielder is Thierry Ruiz, who has broken through. The minor leagues at the age of 23 and gotten his feet wet with the Padres' brilliant season at the minor league level before joining the pods. And right-handed pitcher Denilson Lamette, not having a great season numbers-wise, however, has had success in previous years. Who are these guys? And are they worth Josh Hader? John Schaefer's an afternoon host in San Diego for Extra 1360. John, thanks for taking out the time of what has become a rather busy day. Uh, I'd like to go through the prospects here, uh, specifically Robert Gasser, Isturi, Ruiz. You're fluent all things Padres. What's the timeline for their arrival at the major league level? I know Isturi Ruiz has already broken in. And, and just how are these players viewed in the Padres organization? Well, I appreciate you having me. And, uh, yeah, I think they're getting some players that absolutely have some upside uh, that could help at the big league level, some in the short term and maybe some in the more medium term, but a guy like uh, Estuary Ruiz really broke broke out this year. I mean, you saw his numbers. You, you kind of mentioned them in the lead-up there. I mean, he was having a brilliant minor league season, maybe as well as anyone in the upper level of the minor leagues, hitting and hitting for power, and he can really run. I mean, he's got 80, you know, on the scout scale of 20 to 80, he's an 80 speed, he's an 80 runner. 
Uh, he can change a game with his speed. He's a good defender in center field, and he can get on base. In, in regards to Robert Gasser, I mean, he's still far way off. He's only in advanced day, and he's had a, a good amount of success this year in Fort Wayne at the advanced day level. Um, he's a hard-throwing pitcher that was taken in the second round just a couple of years ago, actually last year, back in 2021. Um, they absolutely like him. You hear his name in the system a lot. He's considered a top-ten prospect, but hard-thrower from the left side, throws a slider, a curveball, and a changeup as well. So I think Robert Gasser, a lot of people see potentially as a starter in the big leagues. Um, and I think Estuary Ruiz is a guy that has a chance to be an everyday outfielder if everything comes together as well. Well, and Taylor Rogers, we're certainly familiar with him, right? He's among the league leaders in saves. He is the league leader in games finished. So from a closer-to-closer standpoint, Josh Hader is one of the most dominant closers in Brewers history and, and maybe go down in Major League history. How does Rogers fit into the back end of the Brewers' bullpen? I assume it's an eighth or ninth inning gig for him, but his season, has it been pretty consistent? I know what the numbers say, but you've watched him every game. Yeah, it hasn't been consistent. His first two months, he was among the best pitchers in baseball coming out of uh, coming on in relief or pitching you know, as a closer, but his last two months, he hasn't been near as effective. I don't have the exact numbers in front of me, but he's got something like an eight ERA in his last 22 games. So he's been a little bit lost out there. I think a change of organization could do him well. He just literally lost his closer role within the last 48 hours. Uh, the Padres using a different closer yesterday to win a series against the Minnesota Twins, their eighth inning guy, Luis Garcia. So the Padres have been sorely looking for a lockdown ninth inning closer because Taylor Rodgers just has not been that pitcher for them over the last two months. And uh, I don't know exactly what it is. I mean, if you listen to Rogers or the pitching coach, Ruben Niebla, it doesn't sound like it's anything major. It didn't sound like they wanted to tweak with anything that he was throwing, but he couldn't consistently throw his slider for strikes a lot when he got a head in count. And when he loses his slider or his feel for his slider, he's basically primarily fastball. Um, so he's been hittable at times. And he's also been really good at times. Um, he had just lost his closer job at the Padres, so I'd be somewhat surprised if the Brewers in this pennant race plug him immediately into the ninth inning. But I do think when everything's going well, he's a late-inning guy um, that is capable of having success. He's closed a lot of games for Minnesota and San Diego the last couple of years, so I think they just need to get him right. You know, it's interesting. I don't think the Brewers make this move if Devin Williams isn't just absolutely on fire over the last several outings. He's uh, upwards of 30 now consecutive scoreless innings. He fits into the back of the Brewers' bullpen. We had wondered, as Hader was struggling, John, if Craig Council needed to make a move and, and just maybe for a short period of time get Williams in that ninth inning role, maybe move Hader. You mentioned Taylor Rogers' struggles. I, I don't know if this deal gets done if Hader doesn't have a 12.54 ERA in the month of July. Well, it's an interesting point. I think if you're A.J. Preller, the Padres GM, you're betting on, you know, career numbers, and you're betting on what Brewers fans have seen for the better part of the last four or five years. I mean, I don't know if there's ever been a pitcher in baseball history with a lower whiff with as many innings as he's thrown. He's got a .882 career whiff. I think if you take out, as you guys know, I mean, he had a couple of blow-ups, including that one game in San Francisco, which is a disaster. He allowed six runs in a third of an inning, including that walk-off grand slam. If you took it out, and I understand you can't, but if you took that one game out, he's got a 2-6 on the year. So I think A.J. Preller is just betting on history and seeing a guy that gets swings and misses. Taylor Rogers doesn't get as many swings and misses as typical closers, but someone like Hader, who's got 
you know, more strikeouts per nine maybe than any pitcher in baseball history at 15.4. I think A.J. Preller and the Padres like that. And they see themselves as a contender, and they need to hold small leads because he's not a great offensive team. And I think they see Hayter as a guy that can hold leads more effectively than Taylor Rogers. John Schaefer joins us from Extra 1360 in San Diego. In your estimation, John, did the Padres protect other prospects who will be on the market in search for a bat or another arm? Yeah, I don't think there's any question about it. I think it's an excellent question. I mean, Robert Castor, by some, would be considered maybe a seven, eight, nine type prospect in the organization right now. Estuary Ruiz first onto the scene this year. Most publications wouldn't even have him in the top ten. Although I'd argue he's certainly played like a top ten prospect in the organization and a top one hundred prospect in baseball over the course of 2022. But the Padres have some elite high-level minor league prospects that they may want to include in a trade for Juan Soto if that comes to fruition. Players like Robert Hassel, who's an outfield prospect, Jackson Merrill, who's an infield prospect, Luis Campusano, who's a catching prospect. Uh, C.J. Abrams is in the big leagues as a middle infielder. He's had some level of success. Mackenzie Gore is a young left-handed pitcher, a former first-round pick that's been up this year. So, I mean, there's five, six guys that the Padres may want to include in a Juan Soto trade that they probably want to keep out of other trades. And that's why when I look at a deal like this, I don't think it protects or, excuse me, prevents the Padres from making more moves for a piece like a Juan Soto if the Nats are intent on moving him in the next 24 hours or not. John Schaefer, Extra 1360 in San Diego. Appreciate your insight, John. Uh, Enjoy the rest of your day. I'm sure it got a little busy here. Yeah, it's gotten busy, but yeah, thanks for having me. You bet. John Schaefer joining us from San Diego. Josh Hader traded from the Milwaukee Brewers. I just got an email, or a text, I should say, from the Milwaukee Brewers saying David Stearns will be available uh, to the media about 3 o'clock this afternoon. So we'll be sure to hop on that. Uh, Be listening throughout the day. Homer and Tony, Scalzo and Brust, of course, down the dial at 620 WTMJ, the Brewers' flagship for updates and the latest from the Brewers' president of baseball operations. 800-990-3776 if you'd like to join us here on ESPN Milwaukee, 800-990-3776. You know, I'm going through the list. Since the Brewers have become competitive with David Stearns as the GM and now president of baseball operations, boy, it is hard to find a trade deadline deal that has flopped. I mean, completely flopped. Some have contributed more than others, but it's a very small list of players who just flat out couldn't find their way in Milwaukee. Daniel Norris, if you want to go back to last season. Now, he wasn't called upon to be a savior in the back end of the bullpen, but a lefty, situational kind of performer. It just didn't work out, for whatever reason, for Daniel Norris. And if you want to go back to 2018, in year which the Brewers made a variety of deals, Jonathan Scope didn't work out. But I still remember the day, September 9th, I think it was, against the Giants in a very tense game at then Miller Park. Ryan Braun was beamed by Madison Bumgarner. Benches cleared. It was a tense situation, late game situation, and Jonathan Scope hit a grand slam. He doesn't hit that grand slam. The Brewers maybe don't win that game. They don't win that game. They don't play the Cubs for game 163 at a division title, which led to home field advantage and the Brewers becoming one game away from representing the National League in the World Series. But those two names come to mind. Jake Faria, another reliever, comes to mind. Yeah, that didn't work out. But the overwhelming majority of players acquired by David Stearns, the deals he has done, have worked out for the Brewers. If you look at all the prospects who have been sent away, names you might remember like Mauricio Dubon. Names you might remember like Jorge Lopez. Only Lopez has really made a dent in Major League Baseball. 
and he's become an all-star closer for the Orioles. But keep in mind, he was dealt to the Royals in exchange for Mike Moustakis. Hey, the Royals gave up on Lopez, too. And Mike Moustakis stayed for an extra season because, well, it was just kind of a weird market that offseason. The deals David Stearns has made have, by and large, worked out. Rowdy Telez acquired July 6th last year after Daniel Vogelback's injury. He's on pace for 30 home runs and is an everyday starting first baseman. So they come in different shapes and sizes, these deals. It's not often the Brewers are dealing players who have helped contribute to the team being a first-place team, but that is the case today, Josh Hader being sent to the San Diego Padres. 800-990-3776, we continue to take your reaction. Immediate thoughts. The Josh Hader era is over in Green Bay, and you're feeling what? More of your thoughts after this on ESPN Milwaukee. 94.5 94.5 ESPN. Have you ever been close to tragedy? Close to Swing on a fly ball to right. Play a ball. Hey! Caught by Tyrone Taylor. Heading back to the warning track. Reached up and pulled that one down. And the Brewers get a split in this big four-game series. And they move back into a tie for the top spot in the Central. Trade deadline approaching in Major League Baseball. The Josh Hader era is over in Milwaukee. ESPN's Jeff Passman reporting Hader is being sent to the San Diego Padres in exchange for four players. So the four-time All-Star Josh Hader goes to San Diego in return is Taylor Rogers, San Diego's lefty, back into the bullpen arm. I, I was going to say closer, and I, I guess he has been for the bulk of this season, 28 saves. As a matter of fact, Taylor Rogers ranks second in the league, right behind Josh Hader's 29 for most saves in the National League. However, both players have fallen on hard times here. Hader specifically in the month of July, where his ERA was over 12. Rogers specifically in the month of July, where he had an ERA of over 9. He lost his closer's role. So I, ask yourself this question. If Brewers reliever Josh Hader were still on this team and Devin Williams were still on this team, who would you feel more confident in closing out a baseball game? A tight, safe situation baseball game, given the way they are going. Williams is up to 30 consecutive scoreless innings. Hader is still kind of working to find his way back after a tumultuous month of July. A life-changing Month of July, by the way, as the Hader family welcomed in their first child, which is fantastic. I don't know how much that impacted his performance on the mound. I think if you asked him, he would take ownership and say, look, I'm just I'm not making the pitches. I'm not being as aggressive, whatever the case. I don't think he's going to use anything as an excuse. If he's on the mound, he is expected to perform, and Hader struggled to perform in the month of July. Williams, well, the last time he was scored upon was May 10th. Right, May 10th. So I, he has certainly rounded into form after kind of a slow start to the regular season. Remember, spring training was a little truncated with the lockout, and Williams uh, and Brandon Woodruff, for that matter, spoke of trying to get their feet wet and get organized as the season was rolling. That's not exactly an easy thing to do. Both Williams and Woodruff have done it. So I, I think in this situation, Williams becomes your closer. I mean, he's your new ninth-inning man. Taylor Rogers likely gets the seventh or eighth, with Brad Boxberger also in the mix. So are the Brewers better today than they were yesterday? I don't think the answer to that question is yes, but I also don't think they're worse. 
It's one of those weird trade deadline deals where you trade away an impactful player and you receive prospects, existing talent, and a closer with 28 saves. A closer who has struggled, like Josh Hader, but a high-leverage inning arm who is also left-handed who becomes a free agent one year earlier than Josh Hader. Josh Hader's got an arbitration-eligible year uh, coming up following this season, and then he becomes an unrestricted free agent. Taylor Rogers, a little bit older, is making about $7.5 million this season and will be a free agent after the season ends. So who knows? Maybe he sticks around. Not going to have to break the bank, I don't believe, for a player of his age. And then you've got younger players up the pipeline here from the Padres' talent-rich organization. Fill in the blank for me, will you? Josh Hader is gone, and I feel what? Hit me up on Twitter at GMatzik or 800-990-3776. So who are the players coming back to the Milwaukee Brewers? I mentioned Taylor Rogers, who has struggled of late, but is still a high-leverage inning sort of reliever, and he is left-handed. That's a good news. That is a plug-and-play sort of player to backfill a position in the back end of the bullpen. Isturi Ruiz, I don't know where he fits, and he may not. He may just go to AAA Nashville and become a part of the situation down there. Uh, That is quickly developing into a powerhouse of a team with the likes of Bryce Terang. Of course, Garrett Mitchell is a a step behind in AA ball. So the the prospects coming up the Brewers system also appear impressive. But I don't know that anybody would lump the Brewers' farm system in the same sentence as San Diego's. That is historically a talent-rich environment. And if you're talking about a top-10 prospect in the Padres organization, that's legit. But I get it. Josh Hader is a marquee player. He is a four-time All-Star. He has struggled of late. Did you have confidence he was going to rebound? If you did, you might be looking at this trade with a a little bit of angst, maybe a little bit of frustration. If you feel like it was going to be a high-wire act for Hader the rest of the way and feel like the move should have been made to put Williams in that role, you might feel pretty good about this trade as it stands, given you receive an impact player ready to rock and prospects who will hopefully help this organization over time, one certainly closer than the other. 800-990-3776. Jeremy is in Waukesha joining us. You're on ESPN Milwaukee. Hi, Jeremy. Hey. Um, yeah, like like I was saying, I I guess I'm upset by the trade. I, I know they get the prospects and um, and stuff like that, but I'm upset by the trade due to uh, the formula that they had was working. So I explained the formula. What do you mean by that? Well, with with Williams and Hater, I know Hater was struggling um, in the month of July, but still, I, I, the, the the formula that they had for first place this season was what they had in place, and it was working for them. Jeremy, how much? Did and the, I think Hater will snap out of it. Yeah, that's what I was going to ask. Is how much did the month of July alter your opinion? Because you're right. Because I mean, Josh Hader was largely unhittable until the month of July, and then he coughed up back-to-back right. games in which the Brewers were in position to win. So, how much of, do you think that's a blip on the radar? I, I do, um, but I think I think Hader will snap snap out of it. I think a lot of that has to do, like you said, with. Um, with his family issues, um, that as much as a baseball player is going to say that that's not affecting him, 
it's always something in the back of their in the back of their mind, you know. Um, it's something that I was a baseball player all my life, and something that would affect me. Uh, family issues at home, so I think you'll snap out of it, and come back to the unhittable hater. Devin Williams will likely take over the ninth. I, I don't see it any other way, Jeremy. As I'm looking at this, are you comfortable with Devin Williams in that position? Definitely am. Um, Devin Williams is another stud. He uh, at first when I when I turned you on, I thought that they had got rid of Williams too. I, I caught the tail end of one of your um, sentences, and I was like, "Oh no, they didn't." Um, but yeah, Williams, I'm definitely comfortable with him in that role because uh, he's he's pretty unhittable himself. I think he's your new ninth inning guy, Jeremy. I appreciate the phone call. Good perspective. So you've got three players with closing experience on the roster. And, and, and you had it, and you still have it, I guess is the way I look at it. I, that's a big deal, I think, for David Stearns. And he, and he sort of follows the Doug Melvin path, where Doug Melvin always had multiple players who could close a game, who had experience closing a game. You fall on hard times, well, you can make a move. Injury, you can make a move. If you think about the Brewers in 2018, just think about that group of relievers. It was Hader, it was Jeremy Jeffress, it was Corey Knable, who struggled, went to the minor leagues, and then rebounded and was unbelievable down the stretch. And then Joaquin Soria. You had four players who could close out a game for you. Uh, The Brewers today have three. With Josh Hader, they had three. With Taylor Rogers, they have three. So and, and effective players here too. Now my hope, and I don't know as much about Taylor Rogers' struggles as I do, or can speculate on Josh Hader's, but the hope is that a change of scenery does the player good, right? Still in the pennant race, still plenty to play for, uh, in a very competitive division, an opportunity to I don't know join a different team, get a fresh environment, and and get back to yourself, being yourself. He's a little older, Taylor Rogers, and becomes a free agent after this season. But he still fits into the back end of the Brewers' bullpen. Seventh inning, eighth inning, likely for Taylor Rogers. Ninth inning, I think that is earmarked for Devin Williams. It's on my Twitter feed right now. Josh Hader is gone, and I feel, fill in the blank, we'll get your thoughts coming up on the other side. We'll get some tweets as well, at Matzik on Twitter, as we continue. Josh Hader gone to the San Diego Padres. Four players coming back to Milwaukee. One will have an immediate impact in Taylor Rogers. The other three, well, remains to be seen. We'll go through the details of the deal coming up after this on ESPN Milwaukee. Breaking Brewers news on ESPN Milwaukee. Josh Hader has been traded to the San Diego Padres. Who's coming back to the crew? We talk MLB trade deadline here, 94.5 ESPN. The Wisconsin On Demand app. Five shows, full podcasts, and special content. The WTMJ app. News, weather, traffic, and business headlines. What else do you need besides a job, beer, and a really good pitching wedge? Exactly. Download the WTMJ and Wisconsin On Demand apps now. He couldn't consistently throw his slider for strikes a lot when he got a head in count. And when he loses his slider or his feel for his slider, he's basically primarily fastball. So he's been hittable at times, and he's also been really good at times. Um, he had just lost his closer job at the Padres, so I'd be somewhat surprised if the Brewers in the Senate race plugged him immediately into the ninth inning. But I do think when everything's going well, he's a late-inning guy. That's John Schaefer, who covers all things San Diego Padres in San Diego. Speaking of Taylor Rogers, Dodgers high-leverage 
excuse me, the Padres high leverage reliever who lost his closer role recently but has 28 saves this season. He is uh, a piece coming back to Milwaukee. If you've missed the news, the Brewers trading star reliever Josh Hader to San Diego in exchange for four players. Taylor Rogers is coming back to Milwaukee with 28 saves to his credit. Uh, but again, he lost his closer's role recently. Uh, within the last couple of days, as a matter of fact, but still figures in to back into the bullpen duty, I would think, in Milwaukee. In addition to Rodgers, the Brewers are getting lefty pitching prospect Robert Gasser, currently the number 7-ranked prospect in the Padres organization. Outfielder Isturi Ruiz, who hit 344 at double-A this season, got promoted to triple-A where he hit 315, has 60 combined stolen bases, and they've given him a shot in San Diego, some limited opportunity. He's only 23 years old, but the future appears bright for an incredibly fast and a, and a good contact hitter in uh, in outfielder, Asturi Uriz. Also, right-handed pitcher, Denilson Lamette, who's been around a little bit, had some good moments throughout his career, uh, but has struggled this season. Josh Hader is gone, and I'm feeling what? Fill in the blank here for us, 800-990-3776. Let's grab Gavin in Oak Creek. Thanks for holding, Gavin. You're on ESPN Milwaukee. Hi. um, I'm feeling a little disappointed on the trade. I really don't think they got enough for him. I can't understand why they would disrupt what they have in the bullpen. What about the team chemistry now? They've been playing so well. What will this do to it? So that's what I'm concerned about, not just the players, but the chemistry on the whole team. Yeah, I think that's a, that's a reasonable concern Anytime a deal is made. You know, some players just fit. They absolutely fit, Gavin. Thanks for the phone call. You know, I, I think about a guy like Mike Moustakis. W- was there anybody more Milwaukee on the trade market than Mike Moustakis in 2018? I mean, that was a perfect fit. Absolutely perfect. He fit in so well, and it was immediate. Just had that, that sense about him. World Series title, all-star. Uh, he just felt Milwaukee. Jonathan Scope didn't work. Uh, he hit 360 in the month of July for Baltimore. There was no hotter hitter in baseball in 2018 in the month of July than Jonathan Scope. And it just didn't work out for him in Milwaukee. And I, I think he was kind of shell-shocked by the deal. Some players need a change of scenery. Some players adapt very well to a change of scenery. I don't believe, and, and I'm in the clubhouse routinely, I, I don't believe the Brewers clubhouse is an intimidating place to be. I, I don't think the pressure of the Milwaukee media weighs on you if you're a player maybe struggling to get off to a good start in Milwaukee. I find this to be one of the more welcoming environments, and I've talked to players who've been brought in. Gio Gonzalez, Joaquin Soria, they loved it here. So fitting in in Milwaukee, I have never found that to be an issue since the Brewers have become relevant in making trade deadlines to help build onto a team that is playoff worthy. Some players it's worked out better than others, but I don't remember anybody saying, I just, it's, it's square peg, round hole kind of stuff. Just doesn't seem to be a good fit. That would be a rare occurrence, in my opinion, in Milwaukee. Ken joins us next from Menominee Falls. Welcome to the program. Hi, Ken. Hey, good afternoon. I actually love this trade. In fact, yesterday on a post-game show, on another show, I predicted he would be traded, and I also said Stearns is going to make roughly about three moves, up to three moves. I do believe that there is some more talks, and you may know more about this than me, but I, a friend of mine that works for the organization, they had talked about a number of different things. But unloading Yelich's contract to make way for a guy like Soto, 
Now, people are going to go, what? Oh, my God, if they get rid of Hader uh, and Yelich, and they're, and they're in first place and they have opportunity? Well, here, I always say this to people. One, if you watch as much baseball as I do and you see how this team operates, I say trust in Stearns. Stearns knows what he's doing. He's doing the best thing for the team. I think the hater trade is fabulous for a number of different reasons. One, I don't know that the Brewers wanted to pay him the kind of money that he was going to command next year. But two, let's face it, he's basically a one-pitch guy. When he doesn't go to his slider and he doesn't use his changeup, He's got to rely on that fastball, and these guys are too darn good in this league to not be able to hit that fastball as we've seen in years past where he got beat in big games. So I don't mind this trade. In fact, I really like this trade, and I do believe that the team, and when the last caller called about you know, the media and this net, you're 100% right. Players, when they come to Milwaukee, it's, it's like nowhere else they've ever been. They can get in that clubhouse. They can relax. They can blend with the other guys. And there's, in my opinion, I don't think there's as much pressure so getting what they got, three left-handed pitchers, a right-handed pitcher, an outfielder, and I don't think Stearns is done. I think there's more to come. So hang in there, folks. This ain't a bad thing, contrary to what people might think. Yeah, I appreciate the phone call, Ken. I, I think if you look at the history of David Stearns at the trade deadline, it, it hits right on what Ken is saying, that more deals will be done. He has never made just one deal, ever. I mean, ever since he has taken over. There have always been multiple deals, and, and some have taken place in a little earlier in the month of July. Uh, Rowdy Telez is a great example. He was acquired July 6th of a year ago. Okay, at trade deadline month, I wouldn't say it was a deadline deal. More a move maybe out of necessity, given the injury to Daniel Vogelback. But that worked out well, as the Brewers chose Telez over Vogelback, who left. And now Rowdy's on pace for 30 home runs this season. Uh, I think about Drew Pomeranz. Boy, that was kind of a head-scratcher at the time. You're going to send Mauricio Dubon? For Drew Pomeranz, a one-time starter who was so ineffective he was moved to the bullpen and had a very small sample size in the bullpen, boy, that's a head-scratcher. Well, Pomeranz was unhittable for the Brewers that particular year. Even Jordan Lyles helped contribute down the stretch. Again, not a marquee player, not a home run, but effective when called upon if you consider who was given up. So I'm, I'm looking at the deals. They're all right in front of me. I count 15 I'll call them deadline deals, but let's call them more accurately month of July deals that Stearns has made since the Brewers have become relevant. I count three that really didn't work out. Daniel Norris, Jake Faria, Jonathan Scope. And Scope hit the Grand Slam to beat Madison Bumgarner and the Giants that helped pave the way to the Brewers, uh, tying the Cubs at the end of the regular season, forcing a game 163. So he had a moment. He definitely had a moment. There were not many, but he helped at a point. But by and large, the moves that David Stearns have made have worked. Now, here's the one big difference. David Stearns has never, since the Brewers have become competitive, poached from his existing roster of talent and traded away in All-Star from a team that is currently in first place. That's never happened. It's always been prospects. It's never been existing talent. The rhyme and reason behind the deal, in my opinion, is this. Struggling player... In the month of July, teams start to call. This is getting interesting now. Devin Williams is cruising right along. As long as he can avoid punching a wall, we should be in good shape with Devin Williams. Back into the bullpen has another guy who can close in Brad Boxberger, if needed. If Williams is not available. 
So that's what gets Hader on the, on the market, on the radar. Uh, then you start to probe a little bit. Okay, well, maybe he wasn't readily available, but the offer became too good to be true. I look at the Hall and say it seems about right for a player I don't believe the Brewers would have been able to retain after the 2023 season. There's a couple things in play. Shelf life as a dominant reliever. Age starts to creep up. How long can he keep doing this on a fastball and a slider? Reasonable questions. And then the market value of the player, which yeah, maybe climbs toward $20 million or so. That would have been a tough putt, I think, for the Milwaukee Brewers, just given their history. No doubt, Josh Hader is the most dominant closer in the history of the Milwaukee Brewers. I know Dan Plesak will still stay atop the record books as most saves in a Brewers uniform. Josh Hader is the most dominant closer in Brewers history. Make no bones about it. Now he's the property of the San Diego Padres, and the Brewers, in return, get a back into the bullpen arm, who may not be called upon to close, but if he is, he's done it before and currently ranks second in the league in saves. It's a really interesting deal, one I did not think we'd be talking about. I did not think we'd be interrupting Greeny here at 1234 on a Monday, but we have, and the Josh Hader era is over in Milwaukee. I'll go through some of the notes here coming through on the text line at uh, 800-990-3776. Josh Hader is gone, and I feel what? Some very interesting responses. We'll get to that more of your thoughts after this on ESPN Milwaukee. I mean, he had a couple of blow-ups, including that one game in San Francisco, which is a disaster. He lost six runs in a third of an inning, including that walk-off grand slam. If you took it out, and I understand you can't, but if you took that one game out, he's got a 2-6 on the year. So I think A.J. Preller is just betting on history and seeing a guy that gets swings and misses. Taylor Rogers doesn't get as many swings and misses as typical closers, but someone like Hader who's got you know more strikeouts per nine maybe than any pitcher in baseball history at 15.4. I think A.J. Preller and the Padres like that. And they see themselves as a contender, and they need to hold small leads because it's not a great offensive team. And I think they see Hayter as a guy that can hold leads more effectively than Taylor Rogers. Those are the words of John Schaefer from San Diego. He covers all things San Diego Padres, helping us break down the deal. Josh Hader off to San Diego. Brewers are going to have a press release come out here momentarily. David Stearns will uh, address the media coming up uh, here in the next hour or so. We'll have some of those comments back on Homer and Tony. Again, on Scalzo and Brust, you can join us down the dial on Wisconsin's Afternoon News on 620 WTMJ, your Brewers flagship station, uh, as we continue to break down this trade. Josh Hader's era is over. It's gone. He done. Off to the San Diego Padres. In return, the Brewers get Taylor Rogers. At one time, the Padres' closer this year. He does have 28 saves. However, was recently demoted after a, a month's worth of struggles. He is a lefty. He is under control through the end of this season and will become a free agent at the end of the season. Prospect Robert Gasser comes to the Brewers. He is a left-handed pitching prospect, currently the number 7-ranked prospect in the Padres organization. Uh, be curious to see where he fits in the Brewers' top 30 prospect list, how he slots uh, my view is this, just historically speaking, I do believe the Brewers' farm system is underappreciated, but I don't believe it's quite to the level of where San Diego is, and that's largely due to how they've played over the years, right? San Diego has just kind of struggled. Uh, they've made some moves of late and are a playoff contending team and have World Series caliber talent. But they've had a chance to build up their farm system with uh, deadline deals in which they were acquiring prospects instead of trading prospects away. Isturi Ruiz, who is a very young and very entertaining 
uh, outfield prospect. He has broken through to the major league level, but really starred at the double and triple A level this season. And uh, right-hander Denilson Lamette with major league experience also comes to the Brewers. Josh Hader is gone, and I feel what? Fill in the blank here for us at 800-990-3776. A lot of nuggets coming in on the text line. Dan feels fleeced. Okay. Someone feels like buying a Padres cap. Michael Coelho feels relieved. Pun intended. Meh. Mark Atanasio should sell the team. Somebody sent me a gif of Leonardo DiCaprio pinned up against the wall crying. Not going to be able to unsee that. Todd says, I expected the move, but not the lackluster return. Kevin says, Williams earned the right to close. He's been a lot better lately than Hader. So it's an interesting mix here, and I I guess I'm not surprised, because I do believe there were people, myself included, who started to wonder, when when do you pull the plug on Josh Hader? And and that doesn't mean to just, you know, ride him or put him in, you know, opportunities in the, the sixth inning where the Brewers are up or down by six runs. But when do you make the move to make Devin Williams your closer? With how he was going in the month of July, and really since May, and how Josh Hader fared in the month of July, it was a reasonable discussion to have. I, I truly believe that. I really do. Sometimes you have to make a tweak to get somebody right. And when you're a bullpen arm, it's tough to get right when the season is going. You, you can't really work on the side so much like a starter can. So I ultimately, Craig Council decided to stick with Hader. But that's just for nine games following the All-Star break, and now Josh Hader is gone. Off to the San Diego Padres, who I believe are just getting started. In the same breath, I believe the Brewers are just getting started. You will not be able to find a season in which David Stearns has not made multiple moves at the trade deadline. Since the Brewers have become competitive, you want to go back to 2017. Neil Walker, Anthony Swarzak... Among those brought into the Brewers, 2018 was a big year with Gio Gonzalez, Curtis Granderson, Mike Moustakis uh, among the headline players brought in. Jonathan Scope, the one player that really didn't work out. 2019, Drew Pomeranz was a, a really nice find. Jordan Lyles helped out uh, in a pinch. And uh, Rowdy Telez was you know, maybe the headliner of the group brought in last year. Again, multiple players brought in, some more effective than others. But if you look at the moves made by David Stearns, Since the Brewers have become competitive, overwhelmingly you'll find that the majority of moves made have been positive for the Milwaukee Brewers. Not all home runs, but positive. Solid contributors up and down the line. Players who didn't contribute or really weren't worth the deal uh, are fewer and farther between. Homer and Tony are up next year on ESPN Wisconsin. They will continue with trade deadline discussion. We will have some comments from Brewers President of Baseball Operations, David Stearns, coming up, and uh, we'll get to that sometime in the 3 o'clock hour. Scalzo and Brust to follow. Enjoyed having you along for the ride here. Trade deadline discussion continues in just moments. You're listening to ESPN Milwaukee.